one of the most important lessons of life that you ever learned is how to always be yourself and have faith in yourself. In today's session, we are talking all about self-confidence, so stay tuned. You're listening to Mind Manners, hosted by licensed psychotherapist Albert Nguyen. Albert helps his clients overcome past trauma, change their mindset, and accelerate their personal and professional development. This podcast covers a wide range of mental health and self-development topics, with each episode offering an actionable step towards a better you. If you're on a wellness journey, keep listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mind Manners. If this is your first time here, I am so happy for you to join us. This is your host, Albert Nguyen, and I am a licensed psychotherapist by trade. And in this session today, we are talking about confidence. And let's be real. We all want to be more confident because confidence is often the antidote to living the life we want. I've had the pleasure to work with thousands of people from all walks of life, ranging from top executives, CEOs, athletes, to people struggling with homelessness or even unemployed. And I can tell you that confidence is a way of thinking. Look, no one has it all figured out. Before I became a therapist, I struggled with intense social anxiety, low self-esteem, insecurities, and was very uncomfortable around anyone I didn't know well. These things affected the way I chose to live for a very long time. It limited what I felt like I could and could not do. But today, I literally make a living being the opposite of all of that. So how did I work through this and overcome them, you know, these issues? And that's what I really want to dive in today with you. Let's start by defining self-confidence. The American Psychological Association defines it as a belief in one's ability, capacities, and judgment. It is a belief that we are capable of successfully meeting the demands of a given task. The key word here is belief, because believing in yourself is a huge part of the game. How you see yourself, your skills and your abilities, your level of trust in yourself and faith in yourself makes a huge difference in the success and accomplishments of your goals and how you adapt and navigate the journey of your own life. Many people think that confidence comes from success, but that's not true. It's not success that creates confidence. It's confidence that creates success. Confidence comes from within. And the best way to improve confidence is to improve your thinking. Because I see it all the time. How people often give up before they actually try or make an attempt. Doubt and fear stops us in our tracks. So... It's about understanding and improving the thoughts and emotions that might be holding us back. So let's get started. First and foremost, to get confident, you actually have to do things that you haven't done before or much of before. And most of those things will naturally be outside of your comfort zone. But how far is too far? In psychology, the comfort zone is pretty much everything you already have and already do. And most of everything you want will typically be outside that zone. But that's oversimplifying it. 
I wish it were that easy where you just need to do things outside your comfort zone and grow. You see, in therapy, I use what is known as exposure and response prevention treatment, also known as ERP, to help people overcome their fears. We don't just jump into the things we fear most, although you can, I'm going to talk more about another way that will be much more manageable for most people. So there's actually two more important zones to know about that exist with the comfort zone that will help you master the art of going outside of your comfort zone in healthy and constructive ways. Because let's be real, some things outside of our comfort zone is so far out, like cliff diving if you don't know how to swim or falling into a pit of spiders or flying an airplane with no experience. Doing them can, in fact, induce and create psychological trauma. And when we experience something that is traumatic, we have a tendency to avoid them as much as we can in the future. So this is referred to as the panic zone. Getting into the panic zone can make us feel the need to avoid an activity or situation. So much so that we give up on the idea of ever trying to overcome or master it. What I tend to see is people generalize that experience and accept that this is just how it is. So what do we do instead? Well, just right outside your comfort zone and before your panic zone, there exists what is known as the growth zone. And that's the zone we want to stay in. It's that sweet spot between comfort and panic. That's the space where we develop confidence in ourselves. Because confidence isn't the absence of fear, stress, or anxiety. Confidence is synonymous with courage. And courage to me is a better way to describe confidence. Because it's about knowing and believing in yourself that you can do what is needed even while scared, uncertain, or stressed. So what have I learned from years of living in the growth zone and talking with highly successful people and high performers? The thing I've learned is that the anxiety, stress, and doubts are still there. they just been dialed down because we've developed a different relationship with them. It's become less of a threatening signal and more of a signal that We're in the growth zone. There are strategies around this that I'll teach you. And once you learn and know that anxiety, stress, and a bit of discomfort won't stop you from doing what you want, need, or should do, any more than being a little sleepy in the morning won't stop you from going to work or getting that workout in, that's how you'll know you are building confidence. So let's talk about getting into the growth zone. To get into the growth zone, you actually have to know the difference between stressful experiences versus traumatic ones. Because when you're trying to improve and grow as a person, stress is not only a good thing, it's really necessary. But trauma is different, and we should prevent that from happening. Now, when I say trauma, I am basically referring to anything that is beyond your current ability to cope that makes you want to panic, retreat, freeze, and shock. This is your fight-or-flight system kicking in, which oftentimes 
when activated and uncontrolled, will hijack your thinking and flood you with fear where you want to either run, hide, or become petrified, possibly making you unable to think, do, or say anything at all. This is the panic zone. When this happens, it's okay to take a step back, stop for a moment, and relocate your comfort zone to relax a bit and get back to baseline. Once you regain your footing, it's important to adjust the challenge into a more bite-sized piece that feels less overwhelming and more doable and try again. In therapy, I suggest that my patients create what is known as a hierarchy of fears, where they list their fears from high to low and even rating each one on a scale of 1 to 10 or 0 to 100%. And it's important that they identify at what scale or percentage they feel is manageable. Because when you're in the growth zone, you'll still often feel some discomfort, slight anxiety, stress, and even a little scared. But they should be much more manageable. The goal of building confidence is actually like building a muscle. You have to get stronger. The fears and anxiety won't just go away, per se. But you get to a place where you've learned how to manage them so it almost feels like they're not there. So the skill in practice is learning to be a bit more comfortable with being a bit more uncomfortable. The reason why ERP works so well is because you learn to live in the growth zone. And when you spend a lot of time there, are the, all those fearful and negative thoughts that previously existed in your subconscious mind starts to shift because it's noticing that you're perfectly safe. Being in your comfort zone and panic zone only confirms those fears and reinforces the rationale that you should be afraid of whatever the activity or situation is. But the growth zone is all about recorrecting that experience so that you can do what you want to do without the, that kind of thinking holding you back. So when you start feeling safe, the thoughts starts to change to more calm and confident and useful thoughts, even happy and excited thoughts around the thing you used to be afraid of and any other future endeavors and tasks. Over time, your previous comfort zone expands and adapts to catch up with you so the activities and situations that were once in your growth zone will actually end up inside your comfort zone. And when you expand your comfort zone, everything changes. Everything. As you expand the comfort zone, it also pushes your growth and panic zone further out, meaning your level of tolerance and bandwidth increases. So the cool thing is that not only what was once in your growth zone becomes part of your comfort zone, but things that were once in your panic zone also now slips into your growth zone where it can start, where you can start practicing and mastering them because they will seem much more manageable. When I work with kids, I refer to this as leveling up as if you're a video game character. So by doing this over and over again, the things from your growth zone enters into your comfort zone 
until your comfort zone includes all the things that you want to be comfortable with and confident about. Isn't that just awesome? I'm telling you, we're crazy adaptive. You define your own limitations. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is anxiety. I know I touched on anxiety a bit in previous sessions, so I'm going to brush up on some of the things here as it ties into confidence. So I know that doing things just outside your comfort zone, odds are we will sometimes want to back out and not do the things we need to do to become confident in the area we want. That is perfectly normal, which is why we need to learn how to manage the anxiety. Look, we're all in the same boat here. So there are a lot of rules and internalized messages that we picked up and learned as we were a child or when we were younger. They're, they were once useful and now only tends to hold us back, even as adults. These are things that create that self-critical part of us, filling us up with self-doubt and has become our own social standard from which we operate on. We'd be lucky to have adults in our lives that helped us build confidence by recorrecting some of these outdated information. So for most of us, we have to do that for ourselves. Our subconscious mind is interesting. It likes congruency, meaning its job is to keep things the way they are for as long as it can. It wants you to do things the way you've always done them, even if it's not useful to you anymore. So to change that, we have to consciously challenge it. And to begin, we actually have to realize that those doubts are there and they are based on a set of rules that no longer serves us. It's also important to understand that you are not your thoughts. I know that sometimes when I say this, a lot of people are like, huh, what do you mean by that? Well, our subconscious mind likes to trick us into thinking that we are our thoughts and that these doubts and fears and worries that we have are who we are. But no, they're not. You are not them. You are a person that has thoughts, fears, and worries, but you are not them. And you are the person that has the choice to listen and believe those thoughts or not. Most self-doubts are not actually coming from you. They're not coming from your logic, intelligence, or conscious mind. They're also not coming from your current outside world or information about the future. They are simply based on an automatic process in your brain that's been put there through the lessons you've learned as a child. That's it. So it's just a system that needs to be updated. The best way to get rid of self-doubt and retrain your brain is being in your growth zone because the brain learns best from experience. When you start getting more experience doing the things you don't typically do or doing old things in new ways, your mind starts to adapt to it. And it's through this process of adaptation that the subconscious mind stops serving up those automatic negative thoughts and self-doubt and your inner confidence will start to emerge. Of course, talking and listening about change and improvement can only go so far. As a therapist, 
I'm very pragmatic and understand the importance of taking action. Exercises to manage self-doubt. I want you to think about this. Think about something you can do today or tomorrow that is very likely to make you feel a little stressed or nervous. And then go do that thing. And pay attention to how your thoughts change from what they are now as you're coming up with the idea to when you're actually doing it. This is to help you understand the difference between your doubts and negative thinking and your logical thinking. So here's something I want you to try in the next week. Step one, pick an area of your life where you like to increase your confidence. Step two, create a list of challenging objectives and tasks that progressively gets harder over time. You want to start with exercises you can actually do right now if you push yourself just a bit. Step number three, start doing the exercises that you that are in your growth zone. And then step four, rinse and repeat. Once the exercises get easy to do, you can move on to a bit more challenging ones. For example, let's say John wants to improve his public speaking, but never done it before. So the goal might be, I want to feel confident speaking in front of a large group of people. So an objective that John can start doing first that is in his growth zone can be something like saying yes or agreeing when someone in a large meeting says something he agrees with or asks a simple question in those large groups versus doing something that is in his panic zone, such as doing a presentation at a work meeting. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone, and I hope you found this session useful. And of course, I'm always looking forward to hearing from you and what you're currently doing for yourselves and what you got took away from these sessions. And of course, if you need any help along the way, be sure to join the Mind Manners Facebook group or reach out to me personally through my email address or check out my website for additional resources and free email courses that can help you along your journey in becoming your best version. Take care, everyone, and I will see you in the next session. Thanks for tuning in to Mind Manners with Albert Nguyen. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to work with Albert one-on-one, visit OptiMindCounseling.com to learn more about his private practice. Looking to join a community of like-minded individuals? Search Mind Manners Podcast Community on Facebook and join our group to connect with others on their wellness journeys. Finally, if you haven't already done so, please write us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and let us know you're enjoying the show.